When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heart and Hand is delighted to be partnering up once again with NordVPN, the premier VPN service available. You can safely search out what you like anywhere in the world with NordVPN and make sure that your privacy is protected. Go to nordvpn.com for the full range of offers. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host as always, although just looking at the screen, I look a wee bit more like Princess Leia after a rough night tonight. Joining me to discuss all the latest Rangers news is, first of all, the splendid Mr. Adam Thornton. Hello, David. How are you? I am good, my friend. Good to have you on board ahead of your trip, possibly, given what we found out today about air traffic control to Amsterdam (laughs) this week. Yes, absolutely. Um, Fingers crossed we get there. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes, but yeah, fingers crossed, all being well. Um, myself and Martin will be will be jetting off tomorrow, so yeah, all good. Hopefully, I have no doubt you'll find a way there, regardless. And the same goes for many bears out there at the moment. Joining us as well is David Marshall. Good evening, David. How you doing, guys? A pleasure to be here. I've always find this a bit weird when we're doing a video once. I said I just feel like I end up having a stern contest myself. So mm. if I feel like I'm staring deep into your soul out there, just know that I'm. Yeah, nah. Well, we do. That, that's your profession really has, has taught you how to do that. Huge week, Adam, for us, for the club, for the manager. Started off with one of these fixtures that can sometimes get a little bit maybe forgotten about or overlooked, certainly by fans, because you, you know, you've got the PSV games, you've got the Celtic game coming up, sandwiched in between. It's an awkward trip, I think, to Dingwall, um, where our, our form has been patchy. Um, the draw up there, a 4-2 that, you know, the game was wilder than we would have wanted and given what happened on the opening day of the season against Kilmarnock we simply couldn't afford to drop points in this particular match, so we couldn't look too far ahead, the manager couldn't look too far ahead in terms of selection pretty solid victory and I suppose the man we're all talking about is Kamar Roof 
Absolutely. Uh, I think you're right. We, I don't think we've been beat off Rouse County, but there have certainly been a few uh, a few dicey ones. And like you said, we always seem to concede, uh, concede quite a few goals against them. So, yeah, no danger of us... Um, no danger of us overlooking that one, thankfully, and, and maybe focusing on, on a bigger week ahead. Um, but yeah, I think getting in there, getting it done. Um, I'm going to come on to my, my high horse in terms of um, shots and quality and, and chances that we really need to be burying at some point in the show. But in terms of the the context of this week, um, I think getting a, a pretty standard, pretty cushy 2-0 where we really only turned up for 20, 25 minutes and got the job done. I'll take every day of the week just now. And yeah, Kamal Roof. Um, it's it is frustrating. Um, it really is. I've been. I'm a massive fan of Kamal Roof, and I have been ever since he signed. I just think that that guile and that ability that he has just in the box. You can't even really teach it. It's just he just gravitates to where the ball is going to be. And I find it remarkable. You look at players like um, Alfredo Morelos, um, Ryan Kent. Some of those players who have delivered for us in the past and the amount of time that they maybe need to get up to speed in a game. Um, yeah. Even after maybe missing one game or even get up to speed in every game, Kamar Roof is out for a year sometimes and comes back and just gets right on it and gets a goal. He's obviously quite used to that and he's never been match fit in his life, I think, is, is basically the, the upshot of that. But just that ability he has to just turn it on um, is something that we've been badly missing. So, yeah, a little bit bittersweet. Let me come to you then, just uh, before I come to Dave on that, about Kimaruf at the weekend. It took 20 minutes, and I put in our group chat, just remind you what you're missing. And inside 20 minutes, because you mentioned his movement, Adam. I think that he takes defenders into places they don't want to go. His movement is, is superb. And when we're playing a packed defence, I don't think you can overstate the importance of that, of, of bringing people out from, if you like, a position of safety where they're comfortable. Uh, and that creates space for others to to go into. And that finish, that is a natural goal scorer finish. That is not an easy one. It will get overlooked, understandably, because we've had a goal of the season candidate immediately after it. But the difficulty in that, you're being wrestled by the centre half. So you've got to physically compete with that. You've then got to react, twist and generate power, which... It, he does all of it. It's it's absolutely superb. I think you're you're absolutely spot on. It is. It's just we talk we talked about this. We talk about this all the time. We talk about it with Ali McCoyst and people say, "Oh, right place, right time." It's lucky. It's, it's, it's not, not luck. It's just no. it's McCoy's just this. Instinct. Boyd, yeah, no, it's, no, it's not luck. It's just this instinct that I mean, if we're it's this instinct. Therefore, being honest, Alfredo Morelos didn't have. He was very mm. much very much a powerhouse and would batter his way through and score spectacular goals but that sort of right place right time that innate ability I'm not sure we ever really we ever really thought of that it's something that I think we've been badly missing someone who can consistently finish poorer quality chances I guess if you want to put it like that and and as far as that one was it wasn't the best cross into the box he was getting they were giving each other a bit of um, a back and forwards but he's on he's off balance certainly um, and he, he's sort of leaning away and it's just that I'm going to get anything on this that I can possibly get on it. Um, it, it sort of took me back to remember that game everybody talks about that that sort of season defining one against Motherwell, yes. um, during the '55 mm-hmm. season where Roof got one, and I'm I'm sure that was a bit sclaffy as well. And it was it was a uh, it was the decisive one that we managed to get get in when we were all sort of worrying. It, it just seems to happen that it does nice stuff well in a kind of non <laughs> in a non showy way. Um, you mentioned the movement, etc. There, it's not going to be like like Kent did or, or, or like Morelos did, but it's this movement that you think, oh my God, look what he's done. It's just this sort of 
coolness to, to make something happen. I think that's the same in the box. He just knows what he has to do to get it in the net, which I think is, is something that we've been missing. And Dave, something we did at the weekend that I think is a huge thing for Rangers is capitalising on the faster start, and that's getting the second. Yeah. Because in Scotland, teams don't change their game plan at 1-0. They go, right, OK, we'll, we'll, we'll hang in this game and we'll still do what we plan to do because we know we'll get an opportunity. At the weekend, that didn't happen. James Tavernier with just a sumptuous goal, an absolutely amazing strike. But one thing I liked about that goal in particular that was maybe overlooked slightly at the weekend was as soon as Tav, there was a turnover in the midfield, and as soon as Tav started driving, Rangers had four runners. And that yeah. meant that there were four Ross County defenders taken out because they had to stay with their man. That allowed the space for Tav. And don't get me wrong, he used it brilliantly. He, he drove into it, looked up a world day. But Again, it was the team reacting at the same time to something and go, oh, turnover, go. Uh, and I thought that in a weird way, as, as well as being a brilliant solo goal, it was also a decent team goal. Yeah, it seemed that everything just uh, clicked into place uh, for the goal. I think everyone else around Tav knew when he picked up the ball where he did that it came clear quite quickly that he only had one intention, that was to drive forward. I think since he got that ball, he was like, I'm scoring here. Um as you say, the runners that make the movement takes the Ross County defence out of the game, gives Tav the space to run into. And it's a great goal to get and a great time to get as well. Comes quickly after the first one. And, it's, you know, I was having conversations with my mates after the game about this, that people were saying that we took the foot off the gas a wee bit in the second half, which we did in a way, but I don't mind that. See if we get the game won early. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I think it's not unreasonable to say that we should have scored more goals in that game. I think yeah, we, we should have. But, you know, getting the, getting the game won early, um, being a child of Walter Smith, I'm happy happy enough with that, get the game done in the first half. It's something that we have failed to do all too often, particularly in the last two years. So going to turn up in the space of five, ten minutes in the first half, that, you know, puts the heads down. You're right what you say. 1-0 doesn't really do that because we've seen no. that story so many times over the last few years where we've went 1-0 up and stopped. I'm not saying go 2-0 and stop, but 2-0 and take things a bit easier, I can li- I can live with. I would like us to see us pushing on more and getting these games where it does become fours and fives. I think that could have been the case at the, case at the weekend. Um, in the second half, we still had chances. I'm going to go into Adam territory here. Still don't know if we're creating enough quality chances uh, or, or taking the ones that we do. There is a part of me now where I was, you know, even... 7 to 10 days ago, David, I was getting a bit worried about that I can see it starting to click now so I'm getting less worried about it, but at this point it's still a thing, we're not creating enough not taking the chances that we do create um, You know, look at, the t- look at the two goals we did score, they're both in different ways um, wonder goals uh, worked out by, by the one player so that is still somewhat of concern, but overall you know, very happy with what we got at the weekend Adam, I'm glad that we've got you on. First time this season we've had you on uh, the flagship show. And I, I did want to ask you, tactically, what is the, the plan from Angels? Because we've seen it, it is slightly different to what we've witnessed before. We were used to the, the 4 2 3 one or a 4 3 3 It has been changed a little bit. We've, we seem to be narrower. We seem to be operating at times a diamond midfield. And even in the second half where, as the manager said, we switched to a three at the back at times, it became a 3-4-3 three, three, rather than a 3-5-2. Yeah. What is the thinking behind this? What's it supposed to look like when it works? So I think 
um, the thinking the thinking for me is to um, get as much attacking intent in the final third as we can. I think that's something that we we probably lacked um, throughout Bill's last time here. Obviously, we had the fifty five season where, where we did very very well, but at times we were still very counter attack and who lost count of the amount of times that the fullbacks would hammer the ball into the box and there'd be one one forward in there with, with no one else sort of coming up because we sort of had that flatter midfield three who weren't going to do that. They were going to sit back and, and allow the fullbacks to go. I think what we're seeing now is is a little bit of an adjustment there and I think it's causing us some issues. Um, to be honest, we are seeing the fullbacks be a little bit more exposed. Um, but I, I think that's... Whether it's the plan or not, I'm not sure, but it's only natural for me. If you replace the skill sets of Jack Davis and Kamara with Raskin, Sifuentes and Cantwell, that's three. That's a completely different midfield. That's not a midfield that um, is going to be defensive and get behind the ball and, and make things tight for the opposition. That is a midfield that is going out to dominate and, and win and attack games. Um, arguably, none of them have that sort of defensive first aspect that I think we've seen too much of. So in a way, we've sort of flipped it is right it a risk reward thing? I think so. And I think that's a big thing. It is a risk reward thing. We're probably relying on Suter and Goldson being the guys one on one. We're going to do it. This is what we're. It is risk and reward. Um, but I think we do see the benefits of it. Um, the lack of width thing, um, I kind of understand. However, I think we're, we're trying to. Um, we're, we're trying to, I guess, combat that by, by having. Um, Todd Cantwell, Sifuentes, Raskin, whoever it is, playing as those sort of wider number eights. The ball that um, Sifuentes put in for Danilo, for example, in the Servette game, he's he's wide. So he's they're playing as those sort of wider central midfielders, but they're sort of moving into those channels in a kind of logical way. They'll never just be standing out there pinging balls into the box, but they'll be sort of moving out there to try and create these overloads and, and rotations in, in the wider areas. So it's a little bit more nuanced for me um, than it was before, where we were just used to that pretty much bog standard fullbacks hammering up, flatter yeah. midfield three, and then three forwards who would who would do stuff. There's a lot of different things happening. Um, some of it not good. Um, I think in terms of the front the front three, I think whoever has played there, we've had some some concerns. I'm sure we'll come on to what we think in terms of of team lineups etc. for for the next couple of games. Hasn't been perfect. Um, they have all scored. I think every every forward so far now has a goal. Yeah, so, they have. Yeah. Um, that's a positive. I think a few could have more. I see some comments coming in about about Dessers. Um, I think he is the one that I am least concerned about, and people might be people might be a little bit shocked about that. Um, he is looking to me like he's getting better, fitter, stronger every single game. No, his I movement, agree. I think, his movement, I think, is is really really good. His weight of pass, for example, the the goal against uh, Matondo's goal against um, yeah. against PSV. Yeah. That is a world class pass. I think that's that's a Terrific pass for someone who, let's be honest, a couple of weeks earlier looked like he was towing a caravan. So I'm happy with the progression there. I'm also happy that he's getting into the the positions. I've seen again a couple of comments that he missed three bad goals at the uh, three bad. He chances. Had three. Oh, I mean, it was head like a ten ball bit stuff at the weekend. But and it's difficult because you then want to say, well, at least he's getting into the at least he's getting into those positions. But there's only so often that there's only so long that flies. So I think but yeah, that's fair. I think in terms of the tactics up front, we're still sort of working out what that three is doing from from game to game. But certainly in the midfield, um, to me, seems like it is a much more aggressive, like you said, much more risk reward. We're probably going to see examples of us conceding shots from in front of the defence, maybe more than we had before. But I just think it's a balancing act and we have to wait and see how, how it goes. Probably once we come back after this break, I think this block has just been, it is what it is, let's get mm-hmm. through it. 
once yeah. we come back, I don't think I think all of these excuses or, or reasons or valid reasons about fitness and who this person yeah, that's finished. And, and someone getting in, I think that needs to go. No, I agree. I think we're by that now. I think once, as you say, we get to the international break, that's it now that you know the machine should be working. Dave, I want to highlight um a couple of players and I'm gonna start with you. You were obviously the last kid picked at school and played as a goalkeeper. And uh we've all, I think, taken to Jack Butland rather well because he's taken to what we needed rather well. And uh a bugbear of mine, and I'm really glad that it's Ross County because we can highlight this, was sometimes people would get on at our defenders, and I would understand why, because they'd be making errors. My point was that they were having to do a significant amount of defending they didn't need to do or shouldn't yeah. have to do. And, of course, the more defending you have to do, the more chance there is you'll make a mistake. Um, and I, I just felt that Saturday was an almost perfect example of of that idea, which is Jack Butland just kept coming for things. So there was no attack. Now, I've been at Ross County, Adam, you've been up there as well, when the ball has been whizzing about our box. And the defenders are running about, but haven't he head out from under their own bar? Haven't he, you know, get blocks and, and things in in the six-yard box? Running the risk of the second ball falling to a Ross County player. We've seen that up there, and as Adam mentioned, we've conceded goals to them. Jack Butland reduces the amount of defending the defenders have to do. He reduces the amount of saves he has to make because he just comes and deals with it right at the source. And I know that some people say, oh, I flapped at one late in the end. He'll flap at an occasional one. All goalkeepers do. But if he's taking 99% of them, happy bunny over here. Yeah, I don't know how many times over the last two years, particularly myself and Adam went back and forward about... God, that was terrible defending. And I just said, well, he's sitting in the goal and he's three yards out. And I, okay, fair point. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just so reassuring. And as you say, as a goalkeeper myself, by the way, don't underplay the value of having a good goalkeeper to pick when you're playing um, or even just a goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. um, to see him coming out, you know, and just grabbing balls out there. I was saying to you guys when I was watching the game at the weekend, I could just watch him come for crosses all day. It's just... So so good to watch. It just leaves you feeling so much more confident in your back uh, in your back line. I'm sure the guys well, playing front of Butland have got a lot more confidence than they did last season. Um, he's just so assured, and he flapped at that one to, towards the end. He made a wee bit of a mess of the of the Morton goal. Uh, sorry, of the Morton throw in uh, the week before as well. But as you said, if you're coming out for if you're coming out from you're taking ninety nine percent of them. Then yeah, you should be expecting your 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 defence to bail you out the one time time you need them. Yeah, and they've done agreed. so so far. Rather than every single cross comes into the box as an issue, which is what we had the last two years with McGregor uh, McGregor winning. That was never a strong point anyway, but it was particularly highlighted in the last couple of years. Yeah, I I, I love seeing it. I'm very much on the the Jack Butlin train. I think he's been a brilliant signing. I think over the course of the season, we we'll, we could look back and see that Butlin's been our most important signing we've made. Adam, I completely agree, and I think you hit the nail on the head, David. It's that it's that sort of proactive rather than reactive thing. Um, Alan yeah. McGregor, Alan McGregor, an absolutely wonderful shortstopper. And I guess when you think about it logically, if if you want to play to your strengths as a goalkeeper, then you play to your strengths, and you think I'm a great shortstopper. I back myself against 99 of people. Yeah. If they get a header, I'm going to save it on my line. So it's just it's just a different way of playing. Um, for me, I think it, I, I liken it to. Remember when we had all we, we had all the debates about um why are we passing out for the back or, or why are we kick it, why why don't we kick it long anymore and, and 
there was a well, not even a study. Someone on Twitter was saying, well, if you think about it logically, um, defend if you kick the ball out long, a defender is facing the way that the ball is kicking, and the strikers are facing away. Defenders are probably more often than not going to be tall than strikers. So if you're kicking a high ball at them, then less than fifty percent of the time you're going to lose possession. If you pass a ball out to a centre back ninety nine times out of hundred, you're going to retain possession. The one time that you don't, you probably lose a goal. Yeah. And I think that's the same as, as we're seeing here. Yes, Butland came out in the last two league games and got nowhere near for, for one cross um, in each game. But it's all the little ones that... That that one at the weekend there is a, is a highlight real one because he comes right out to the edge of the box. He's done it five times and, and no one really... no one Not that no one bothers, but you just sort of... It comes to a point where you just kind of gloss over it. If something doesn't happen, you just think, right, that's that out of the way and it's great. We, we need to take a step back and say... That was really good. He came out and got that. It might have just been very... For anybody watching who has a keeper that does that, it might just have been pretty bog standard. doesn't matter for, for us. We're, we're used to um, that pinball in the box. So I think it's great. Yeah. Um, and this comment, David, I think is, is key as well. Um, the goalkeeper needs to be about more than just what he does on, on the park in terms of his, yeah. his attributes, etc. The way that he speaks that first interview, I was nervous. I have to admit of him coming in just because there's not. I couldn't go and watch anything. There was nothing I could look yeah. at. There was there was no data because he hadn't he hadn't really done anything for for a few years, and you never know. So he was one that I was coming in pretty blind about. Then he started speaking on that RTV interview, and just right away I was like, okay, he can actually speak. Like we've had years of we've had years of players dodging interviews or or just going through the motions, etc. He looked like he generally wanted to be here and enjoyed speaking uh, and spoke well, and he's kept it up ever since. So I do think that part of it, particularly for a goalkeeper, um, I think is something that's huge for us. I think at some clubs there are some positions that are huge. And for Rangers, I think you need a commanding presence goalkeeper. Somebody who... Because we've been spoiled and we expect it. Because we've been spoiled and we expect it. We have a lineage that runs Woods, Kloss, uh, Woods, Gorham, Kloss, McGregor. Now, I'll, I'll put that against pretty much any four in world football over the last 40 years. But you need someone who, who as I say, is, is strong and confident. This is my box. This is, you know, I command this area. And he does that. He's a big, big guy. Um, he has a, a physical presence, if you like. But I, I just go back to Dave's point about defenders then will start to feel that sense of security that they haven't had for a while because they've known that there'll be things they have to deal with that they maybe don't want to be dealing with. Um, defenders don't want to be heading away crosses from right under the bar that they don't need to be. And I, I just love the way that he kept coming and dealing with stuff. The other player at the, the weekend, although I do want to give a shout out to, to John Suter, who was excellent, but the other player I, I thought was excellent, Dave, was Borna Barisic. And normally that indicates he's been very, very good going forward. But I thought he was terrific defensively. Um, I thought that not only did he lock down his side of the defence, a couple of times he came over and mopped up. And that's not really been his strongest suit in the past. But the manager spoke after it about having his two fullbacks and having them being pushed by two young fullbacks and Sterling and Ridfan. It does seem that Bonner is responding to it. Yeah, I mean, I'd think he's uh, he's playing well now. I'd certainly say he's going through a bit of a purple patch. Um, I thought he played well at the weekend as well. I'm not trying to discredit any of that. But um, I'd still say the fullback area, particularly on Bonner's side, is still a bit of a worry to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, 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 I'd still be looking regardless um, to try and 
I've, I've not this year because I don't think it's going to happen now. Certainly going into next season, looking more long term of uh, getting a replacement in that uh, left back area, if that's going to be Redvan or someone else. Because as well as Bonner is playing well now, that's not to say anyone month no. again that he, that he goes that he goes uh, back to, to what we're used to because he does go through these spells. And when he has a bad spell, it can be really bad. So I, I, I just don't think he's consistent enough for us to, to hang a hat on him. He's doing well now. I'm not taking anything away from him. But looking more long term, I would be looking to get um, get something else in there, that left back position. Adam, we got a boost on Saturday. I don't really want to talk too much about the opposition. Um but they are the opposition, and I think we all recognise that. And I do think that some of the reaction, and I include myself in this, by the way, so I'm not criticising anybody, but to the Kilmarnock match was that Celtic had such a good season last season, you know, over 100 points, won the treble, had our measure, unfortunately, in most of the games, that there was a sense of we cannot drop anything whatsoever because they'll be as good as they were, if not better. And I think there's maybe been a realisation the past month, you know, they've they've got their problems as well. Now, you can't rely on that. You need to do your own business. But it does just give a wee bit of encouragement to to not only the support, but the players as well of, you know, lads, if we do our jobs, then the opportunity is is opening up. And while they, you know, they brought in a very high-caliber manager, etc., high-profile manager, they, they did lose somebody who, I think, now that he's away, we can admit was probably pretty good at what he did for a living. But it just, Absolutely. you know, it just boosts us. I think when you see those results and you think, because you can't be dropping points on Mason Johnson. They, they've been piss poor this season, St. Johnson. And I remember a couple of years ago, Rangers drew three each, conceded a last minute goal. Yep. In the in the early kickoff to Ross County under Geo, and then Celtic scored a last minute winner at home to Dundee United, and it sort of set the tone. And I just felt that on Saturday I said, oh, hmm, bit different because I don't think there was a man in Europe didn't think they would find a way to pick up the three points. So it's just a wee boost. It means nothing if we don't take care of our own business. But just a reminder that, look, we're up against a good side. We're not up against Real Madrid. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely, I completely agree. Um, and yeah, I think they're looking a little bit disjointed. Injury issues, um, absolutely. Still nowhere near a, a patch on our injury issues from from last year. No. They have to say, um, no. but I, there's been wars that have gone by that didn't have as many injuries <laughs> and casualties as we had last year. And you never want to be a but if we never got injuries or we never got we never no. got this, we never got that. But when you look at the you look at the fact that we had. Sands and Lundstrom or, or Sands and Leon King at various points last year, then um, it, it can't not have an impact on you, uh, I think. So mm. but this time round, let's hope that's that's similar where they've got um two young centre halves who don't have much experience playing for playing for Celtic um coming into to a very big game. Um there's two sides to that then I think. There's obviously that nervousness that they're gonna have, but then the fact that we need to go out for the out for the kill and out for the throat and say like we, we understand those weaknesses, this is what we're gonna go for. But I think you're right. I think 
every great champion or every great championship, it's very unlikely for it to happen again. So if you're aiming for a treble every year, you'll get it sometimes, um, depending on the calibre of Rangers team you're, you're playing. But um, you might not, it's not realistic for you to go through seasons in a way that they did last season. That's a that's an absolute freak for me. And every single challenging team needs a drop-off from from the champion. We've seen... We seen it in England when Liverpool won. Um, Liverpool won during during COVID. Man City were not great. Other teams were not great. Even back when Leicester won, um, it was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah. It was supposed to be Tottenham. That it was Ars- Tottenham or Leicester for crying out loud that should exactly. have won that title. It, it just it, it just always there has to be a drop off. I think, and that's what the great teams do. They don't let you have that that drop off, but it always has to happen. Um, and now, yeah. We're looking at it. We've spoken before how I, I think personally in modern football, two maybe three seasons is is par is great for for a manager for a team. Um, and then it's you need to do something that very very few can do. Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, Walter Smith is this evolution of a team and getting another set of players to come in and and win again. It's not a very easy thing to do, and I think you see everywhere teams have great two-year windows and recruitment is fantastic and then either they double down on their ideals and they get lazy or they try and pull a rabbit out the hat so many times and it doesn't quite happen and then they're not really quite sure Go what to... Go back to the same thing because it worked before so the logic and it's a fallacy but the logic is it worked then it must work now. You also get to that position as well where players are two years into four-year contracts and they're maybe getting to an age where they're 26, 27 and you want to keep them because they're great players, but you're then doubling down and you're, you're giving them massive pay increases for four or five years that are going to take them up to 33 years old and you'll be lumbered with them and they, they end up falling off a cliff as they get to 30. All these things are just really, really difficult to maintain on top of trying to be relentless and, and winning all these games. We've seen that, I think, um, at that point that we won the league. We were at that stage where we, we sort of need to to sell players now or, or bring players in or make big boy decisions and we didn't really we just sort of let it slip no, we didn't. Um, and we sort of put it in the post if you like we, we sort of kept pushing it six months and six months and six months and you just you need to be relentless with it and you need to be um, quite decisive with what you're doing so um, that's not to say all of that's happening across the city but certainly the signs are um, the signs that it may not be like last year and certainly the signs from the fans that I allow myself to see on Twitter is is certainly that they're not uh, they're not as happy um, as they could have been. I think right now is is safe to say. Dave, I think then in terms of the games that we played, an interesting thing I want to talk about is that Rangers didn't have the weekend off. PSV did. Michael Beale said that was a good thing. Rangers have had qualifiers. Celtic obviously haven't, which means we've played more games than them going into to the old firm match at the weekend. In my opinion, this team needed those games. I don't think it was a bad thing. I would rather we played at the weekend. The manager said that. He, he said maybe in the future we might, you know, look at, or should Scottish football as a whole look at it. I'm of the opinion that on that, on I think if a team has a European qualifier uh, in Scotland, you can't do it for every round, but I think for a playoff round, mm. any team in Scotland, be it us, Aberdeen Hearts, I think if we request any of those clubs request, dare I say even that lot, request a weekend off before a big one, I would say yes, I would allow that. Um, but I think we needed the game at the weekend. I think we needed to play. Um, and I think in terms of normally, maybe if it'd been a different year and we'd a settled team, then you'd be going, we've had nine games, Celtic only had five. But 
right now I'm thinking those four games are beneficial when you're trying to find an identity. Yeah, I, I would agree with that because you know we've still got a new team coming in here that, that's trying to gel. All these players are playing playing with each other for the first time. I think we're at the point now we are seeing focus. Like I think you guys made a good point at the start of the show talking about we're getting to the point now where the get fitness excuses no longer no longer applicable. Yes. We are starting to see things click. I mean, the Dessers to Matundo goal is a great example of that. Um, I think the games would help us. Um, there is a part of me because you know we are playing Celtic after we're playing this big European qualifier, and that has happened to us um, quite a lot over the last five years. I mean, that's our fault for not winning the league. Let's be honest about it. Correct. Um, um, I would, you know, as a part of me, I would rather play anyone else but them uh, with this big game come before. But I, there's a part of me that has to agree with you. I think it does help because I don't think our players will be approaching these two games going, oh, it's a shame we've got these two games one after another. I think they're, they're going, to be, going to be up for it. I think I've not seen any sign of any tiredness coming into the team. I think managers done quite a good job as well in the games we have had that have roto- of rotating the team when it's needed. Like at the Morton game, there was a good amount of changes there. Uh, and some places where there wasn't changes, like we talked about at the time, Butland starting the Morton game, I thought that was a good idea because you're trying to get him used to playing. Try get a goalie, yeah, I agree. Try and get him into the team. So I think uh, Bill's done quite well with that so far. I've got no fears over, you know, the impact of the PSV game running into the Celtic game. It's not like um, in Gerrard's first season where we had to go and play uh, Ufa <laughs> in the deepest, yeah. darkest Russia, then come back and play Celtic three days later. We're going to Holland, we'll be back home a couple of hours after the game's finished. And it's a home fixing. Yeah, and we're playing at Ibrox as well. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I'm, I'm quite happy with the way it's, it's panned out. Adam, air traffic control allowed. Uh, mm-hmm. You will be in Amsterdam this week. Uh, unfortunately, I, I can't make it uh, due to personal reasons this time, which uh, obviously nothing. But you, you need to do what you do. We, we will have three more trips to look forward to, regardless of Champions League and Europa League. And we spoke last week about. You know this this thing of what would you rather? Um, the way I look at it is, there's no rather. I want to get into the Champions League. I want to beat PSV. If we don't, the Europa League is a very nice fallback. It's you know to, to make sure that the financial impact isn't as big as it could have been. Um, we've got more games, something to look forward to. The European competition bringing spice. Last year, of course, we go over there and we win one 0 with, as you mentioned, I would argue a team, you know, the, the centre-back pairing, for example. Um, PSV are right up for this. They're very confident, um, as we've heard in the media, um, that uh, they, they really, really fancy themselves. But I think we're capable of doing this. I know we're not favourites, and I can understand that. PSV are an excellent side. Pound for pound, they've spent a hell of a lot more than us. But I think if we go, we're disciplined. And most importantly for me, that we don't panic if there is a setback. If we do concede a goal, we stick to what we plan to do. I think there's joy for us potentially because I do rate them very highly middle to front, but I wasn't particularly impressed with them at the back. No, 100%. I think I think the pressure is all on all on them. I think that's why we're seeing all these these noises coming out. Um, I read a tweet um, on Twitter, funnily enough, or X, whatever we're calling it now. X, which is said, what was it? Um, less less Joey Veerman, more Joey Tierman, which um, which I've really enjoyed <laughs> um, because he has been bubbling every He's single time. See, for somebody that wouldn't leave Holland because he got homesick, um, yeah, yeah he's, he's got a lot of I mean, he's, he's a great player. I would have loved him to be here, but it, um, this this meltdown is, is quite amusing, I have to say. 
Um, and I think there's a couple of them that are, that are at it now in the media. It's all on them. Um, I'm delighted we're in a position where we've got a free hit. Um, I think it's more important. It's more important on a kind of playing side, I think, for PSV to to go through because they never got through last season and the Europa League was not great for them in, in terms of where they are as well. Obviously, it's important for us financially as well. Um, but having that backup, if you like, for us that will still not hopefully not have a material impact on on our finances um, by, by just going in there, I think is, is really fantastic. Um, so I think just going out there and, and making it a free hit, like you said, if we go a goal down, just getting on with it really and, and just treating it as treating it as a, a nil-nil and trying to go out there and, and win the game again, I think it's key. And I think um, I'm really interested to see how, how we set up. I had a bit of a conversation about it on, on Twitter with a few people earlier on today and there's a few different things that, that we can do. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but I'm really interested in seeing what we do because we know sometimes in the second leg of these games we are a lot better. Maybe mostly under under Van Bronckhorst in terms of figuring the team out and, and seeing their strengths and weaknesses, etc. But I'm sure um, Michael Beale and his team will, will be the same. We've seen them at Ibrox. We've seen exactly what they've got. I don't think they necessarily can play significantly better than that. Touch wood, no, certainly in, in terms of in terms of how they play, they're not going to be any quicker. Again, middle to front, I don't think yeah. they can. They're not going to be any quicker. They're not going to attack in, in any different ways. So we've almost sort of seen it all there. And like you said, um, I'm not sure about the injuries. I know um, Ramalho trained this week, so I'm, I'm assuming he will be back. Not sure about the other centre half that, that went off, but there maybe there was opportunities there anyway, regardless of um, regardless of who plays. And I think um, I think our our forward line will will be key. I think there are any opportunities that that become available, um, we need to put them away. So I'm a little bit. Um, Frustrated, I guess, that Kamar Roof maybe wasn't a couple of weeks further on in terms of his fitness to try and get him into this game at, at some point. But as we've said, we spent a lot of money on these forwards, and if one of them wants to pop up with the with the goods on Wednesday night, then that would be very welcome. I don't think exactly, and I don't think he could play Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. So yeah. I'm quite happy to have him champing at the bit this Sunday um, for that particular game. To be honest, and as yeah. you say, we've spent a lot of money on these forwards. This is what they. They all come here and they say, oh, I want to play Champions League. That's why I've come here. Right, cool. Here's your opportunity. And Dave, I think that for me, the, the, the kind of key aspects on Wednesday night will be concentration. If you switch mm-hmm. off, you'll get punished. Discipline, because it's a, a hostile environment. And ruthlessness. If we get chances, they have to go in because we cannot afford to spawn golden opportunities. Get those three right and we'll go through yeah, if we lose that goal from a corner again, I think I'm going to put my foot through the telly. Um, mm. I'm quite confident going into to Wednesday night, to be honest. Um, I just think we've, um, and this is going to go against Adam's logic and tactics and, and everything he, he likes to, to lecture about, but I just think we've got the number, to, to be honest. I think um, with the comments that we're seeing coming out from over there, I think they're, they're panicked, um, to be honest. I think they'll be quite nervy. On Wednesday night, you know, they talk about what a poor side we are. That's three times we've played us in the last year and they haven't beat us. Yeah. So, I mean, we can't be that bad. Um, or I don't know what that's about them. I think, um, like like you said, Davey, I think middle front, they're a good team. They, they pass the ball well. They do. I'm not sure how far off their optimum that we've seen last week. I don't know how much better they can be than that, um, going from middle to front. And at the back, they are absolutely there to be got with. And, you know, if we press their defence like we have done against them so far, with them already being nervy, with the crowd starting to get nervy over there, getting on their back, I wouldn't be surprised again if the season nick a goal like that. I think Wednesday night will will take care of itself. I'm 
quietly. I'm suppose not quietly since I'm saying it here, but I'm confident mm. going in there. I think we'll be just fine. Um, I think all the pressure's on them. The Europa League is a good cons- consolation for us. I want to see us in the cha- in the Champions League, but yeah, I think it's not that they want it more, but I think they'll be seeing it as more important to them, and I think it's just going to get to them, to be honest. I think it's a case of with the Europa League, we're going for a tenner. If we don't get it, we've got a fiver rather than nothing. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, that, but yeah, you're right. You're not quietly confident. You're audibly confident. It's probably the best way to describe it. Audibly and visually tonight. Uh, exactly. Yeah. The, the, the whole host, uh, looking at three of us, I have no idea why people do hassle us and say you should do a live podcast. But hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not here to. I'm not here to kink you. Oh, I fucking rub it in your prick. Um, ah, right? right? oh, you fucking wank. Right, it'll happen to you. Right, I used to think I was I was with it, Dave, and then they changed what it was, and now what it is is scary to me. Well, and it'll not, happen to yeah. you. Yeah, I'm going to rock on forever, ever. That ever. Uh, yeah, ever, ever, uh, and party every day. Right, that will almost do us for tonight. Just to tell you, we're playing New Edmiston House. Uh, on December the 1st, we did a show there earlier this year and we're going back on December the 1st. We've almost sold it out, I'm delighted to say, um, but we still have a few tickets left and we'd like to sell it out for, you know, our egos, basically. So if you'd like to come along, please go and get your tickets it's available at the Edmiston House website and you can come and see us. It's going to be a great night. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. And please come and join us, kick your December off. And if things continue to go the way that we hope they do, then we'll be in a very good mood for it. You can, of course, subscribe on Patreon to hear more from all of us. Adam does his tactics show. Dave is, I think we've got three shows on the network. Myself, plenty of stuff there. And I I guarantee you'll like something on it. You get a week to make your mind up as well. It's free for the first week. Just go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. I'd like to thank our executive producer in London, Mike Lee, Paul Miles, and of course, my two wonderful guests tonight. First of all, the splendid Mr. David Marshall. Thank you, mate. Can I give a shout to my mate John, who, while we're recording, sent me Photoshop pictures of myself with a Hitler moustache and a cock in my mouth. So cheers for that, mate. Much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not Photoshopped, are they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, the Hitler moustache would be a problem. The other thing, no, that's. You know, what he does in the privacy of his own living room is is all right by me. No, live streaming though. To be fair, you know. No, 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 don't do it when we're live streaming. No, that that could be a bit. Um, it could put people off. And of course, the splendid Mister Adam Thorn. Adam, I hope you get away okay, and I hope you have a fabulous trip home in a very good mood. Cheers, David. And if anybody wants to buy my pet crocodile, let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, folks. We'll do this again at some point throughout the season, I dare say. But until then, here's to two Rangers victories, hopefully this week. And um, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.